uh, but uh, most of our church as well. Speaking of watching this thing, I'm sure a lot of people who aren't here will be uh, taking it in. Uh, and uh, I know many of you will be sharing other things. I think God for the pastor, we had to do that. And certainly uh, we want you to be able to uh, partake accordingly. I'm going to ask you to turn several places in the Bible. I, I hope you have one. If you don't, uh, maybe take your phone app and, and pull that up. Uh, and again, I, I do use, you know, if you want to grab one of these, you can. But Miss Christine's worked hard to try to get in the uh, short time she's had to be able to get some things pulled up. Uh, tonight's going to be kind of unique. I tell her I'm kind of going to go off the hip tonight. Um, tomorrow night's probably, I'm not setting up like, oh, no, 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 shame on you for coming tonight, you know, like, this is going to stink and tomorrow night's going to be fine. Uh, I, I think it's all, uh, it's all the word of God to be a blessing. But I, I want to have a specific target tonight. I, I want you to be praying about, this is a Faith Promise um, Missions Conference. Many of you give to missions um, already, and part of what you're able to do, in fact, I guess most of what you're able to do is because you do that. Uh, certainly when a church has to dive into their budget to do other things, then when something comes up that the church needs from another budgetary item, it, you don't have that do that. And Faith Promise is a great tool that people give above and beyond their tithe, not out of what they normally give, but to give above and beyond their tithe and it be able to uh, cause you to be able to reach more people. Certainly as more money would come in under that commitment, then uh, Pastor David and the team here can be praying and searching and seeking. I, I'm sure he's already got people probably somewhere. If he's like me, I've got names. I know who the next one will be if our people will just give uh, to be able to do that. Uh, and I'd give myself if I had. I do give. I give quite a bit of missions, but I would give even more than that if we could take on more. And, uh, and yet, that's the thing about a corporate church is that we're all in this together. So um, I, I don't want this to be such a money thing in the respect that people are turned off by it because missions is not a money thing. Missions is, is the heart of God uh, wanting the world to know His heart and to right. know Amen. what He offers them. And yet, at the same time, uh, we live in the world that we do. We live in the day that we do. And certainly, uh, funds uh, are needed to be able to to do ministry in general, whether it's local or away, but certainly to reach more people, to be able to help them to be able to live where they're at, to sacrifice. If you go there, a lot of those places, they can't have jobs like that. and They wouldn't be able to do what they do. There's not even jobs there they could have. Um, and so uh, it's just it's just real. And I'd rather just cut through the junk. And, and we just it's just real. Uh, it's needed. And so uh, I have a preacher friend. He said, the good news is, is all the money that needs to be given is, uh, is there. It's just, uh, it's just in our laws, and we got to have to put it there. So, uh, uh, but tomorrow evening there'll be a um, tomorrow evening. I think uh, maybe he may wait till Sunday. I guess depending upon who all's here and the capacity of, of uh, representation of the church. But I do know that his goal eventually is to have uh, these tore off by you on what you would, uh, what the Lord would have you to give. And uh, you can do it. He has on here a weekly faith promise commitment. Maybe you know what that would be monthly. You want to divide it. I don't think every week they're going to be able to that. I don't think you're going to get a bill for it or anything of that sort. What you're saying is that you're going to just trust the Lord uh, that he will allow you to give this amount. Now, there takes some reasoning with that. You know, you can put $10,000 a month on there and say, you know, well, if that's not reasonable. I mean, obviously, uh, it is you being honest about that. Uh, God doesn't owe it to you to provide that for you, for you to give, because you uh, haven't spoken to him about that. And yet, at the same time, it's not necessarily sitting down and trying to figure out by your budget what you can do. It's you really talking to God and asking the Lord, Lord, I, I want, uh, if you can use me even as a funnel, 
But uh, Lord, if you could just, if, if somehow you can give me some idea that I can even raise money that maybe beyond my job and beyond my capacity, but I'll make these things and I'll, or I'll do this thing or I'll uh, uh, do this fundraiser, etc., so that it can produce some funds. Like, give me the ideas of that. Uh, I would say, and in, in, in not in all, but in most homes uh, in America uh, uh, of, of, of churches like this, we we do have the capacity to give more than what we give. There there are many of you who already give significantly to missions that, man, I, I pray, I'm sure Pastor David does this, you'll pray and see if God wants you to even give more. You were able to trust him with this last year, and now, now man, what can we trust him with this year? Yeah. Uh, and I think there's something special sometimes about the sacrifice Amen. that we would have to be able to do that. And we'll talk about that sacrifice tonight. But, man, to know that you denied yourself of something, uh, to be able to give. Maybe that's the only way you can give, is if you do deny yourself of something. Uh, I could give all those things, those illustrations. I've been on where you've had before. I've heard the guys up here talking about getting rid of this, getting rid of that. And probably if we do an inventory around our house of all the things we pay for, we probably could get rid of this and get rid of that and it produce some money. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with you literally getting that thought pattern about it of saying, how can I, what can I do, etc. And yet, even when you get to that, it's still going to be faith. Uh, it's still going to be trusting the Lord uh, that he will allow you to do it. I do know this. It is God's will that, that, that the, the work of missions happens. And in this church, it's God's will that he uses you because you are the church. Okay. And so we're, we're, uh, that's, that's that. And, and I could go on and on. I'm not even trying to go on and on. But, but I know it's the heart of him, uh, your pastor, and certainly the heart of many of you. And you, many of you are even familiar with this. How many of you are familiar with Faith Promise Missions? And so you're familiar with it. That's how it rolls. But yet I have found uh, that though we have that uh, capacity, there will be some. And listen, there is not, uh, this isn't me indicting anyone in this church. The great thing is, is I don't know enough of you in a very personal way that I would be saying, yeah, like that one over there or that one over there or them people doing it here is them. Uh, none of that. But there are people who will come in, they'll even take in the mission services and the rest of it. And truth is, they won't pray a bit about this. Mm. Won't pray about it. Won't, it won't, literally won't just turn off everything to get along with God and just ask the Lord what would he have them do. They just, they're not. As uh, soon as we, he held it up Sunday morning, they had already determined they're going to put a little man right here. They, or they determined they're probably going to come back to till next Sunday so they don't get asked again. Can we just be transparent? I mean, they're, they're, I remember when I, when I, before I was young in my career, I remember I hated missions conferences. I hated it. I didn't like nothing about it. Uh, and now I, nothing gets my juices flowing like them. I mean, uh, when you get on God's page about some things. Remember what we did talk about? Uh, we talked about how money is the barometer of our hearts. And we talked about that from the scripture, how the scripture says the heart is desperately, uh, or deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then the Lord says, well, how about this? Here's the way you can know it. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If our hearts are right, nobody's going to get put out about this right here. Nobody's going to get upset about this right here. Man, hey, I want to be able to give something. Uh, even uh, Maybe even your kids take a car and let them get used to being a part of something that has to do with mission. Maybe they can come up with something they could deny themselves about or a portion of something, etc. So uh, teaching that thing. But money is the barometer of our hearts, and so it is an important thing. And then, and then we talked about how uh, that money vies for the place of lordship in our lives. Uh, the Lord said that himself in Matthew 6, 24, that no man can serve two masters. It's either going to be uh, mammon or it's either going to be him. And he put that in that same capacity and used the word serve. Money uh, and the thing. 
maybe not money itself, but the things that we purchase with money or the things we commit ourselves to, etc. Man, we become a servant of that. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that tonight. But it can be a place, make a place of lordship, and there's not but one place for one lord in your life. Uh, because there's not but really one lord anyway. And so we certainly don't want that to happen. And yet, uh, again, the most important thing that we've talked about amongst that is how money is the gauge for entrusting true riches. The souls of men and the word of God is the only thing that's going to last forever. Amen. That is true riches. And the reality is, man, I mean, God says, look, can I trust you with my word? Uh, can I trust you with with souls? Can I trust you to be able to give my word to someone so they can be born again by the word of God? Can I trust you with the souls of men? Can I trust Hope Baptist with the souls of men? Can I trust Hope Baptist with the with the word of God? And and he puts it in the context of Luke right there, uh, where he says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and that which is unjust is least is also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous manner, who will commit to your trust true riches? He says, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And there are some people who can never get a hold of the Word of God. There are some people who never win anybody to the Lord. They've been praying for somebody for years and years and years and years, and God's just not going to use them to do it. And the reason, really, that it all boils down to is they just don't have their heart right about the thing of giving. Mm. Can we just remember? For God so loved the world that He gave. His only begotten Son, who deserves and Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So how can we, who receive so much from His giving, right. not want to give? So uh, that's enough about all the giving thing. I really am not a money preacher. I, I don't even know what that means. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but I told you yesterday, all the times the Scripture talks about money. And so we can't get away from that. Now, you say, well, you said, though, you're kind of just going to be talking a lot about that tonight. No, I'm going to talk about how we're going to get to this. I wanted to speak about it tonight because tomorrow night is when they do originally when he wanted to take that up. But tomorrow night's message will not be about money or anything of that sort. Uh, it's, it's really going to be about, about not just missions, evangelism, God using you. And I think it's just going to be a good pep rally for us from the Word of God. I love how God just lays it out for us. And it'll be very exciting to be here together about it. But I wanted you to have some time. Between now and tomorrow night, to get along with God, maybe get up in the morning and put away what you normally would do, except unless you read the Bible, uh, and uh, <laughs> have this before you. Start tonight praying, uh, and I think that's going to, uh, we'll get a lot more mileage out of that. If we are willing to pray about it, and then willing to do what God tells us to do when he answers. Uh, you know, probably one of the most disrespectful things we could do for God is that when we've called upon God, I have a series that I did on prayer, 35 messages that I did about, about prayer. And amongst that, uh, I remember I, uh, there was one message I called No Prayer. And uh, there's a time when, okay, the, you don't need to be praying right now. He, God's already given, and, and the whole time I was preaching, I was like, look, if God's already given the answer, act on the answer. Amen. By the way, this is his answer for everything. Amen. And there are times when we have plain, he yeah. hears his word. Mm -hmm. He's already said it. Yeah. Yes. And we know it. And yet we want to still pray. I can promise you, it is not a matter of God, do you want me to give a mission? No. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that, that, there's no reason to pray that. Right. God, how would you like to use me in missions? How Amen. much could I give? What would you do through me if I'm willing to give myself to you mm -hmm. uh, for that? God is no respecter of persons. He will use you greatly for himself. Uh, and uh, man, only the judgment seat of Christ in one way, one day when we're on that side together around the throne, uh, will you really know? Uh, and even then you won't even care. But uh, to what extent that God used you so that other people could know him. 
And again, I find, I think tomorrow night is going to help us a lot too, because if we'll just realize what we're a debtor to, then we'll want other people to get in. Yesterday we talked about be the way. All right? Hello. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm done with all that. Be the way. Y'all remember that? I mean, we were here yesterday morning. Uh, and then we show from the scripture how that's exactly, I mean, it, it, here it is, man. There's the assignment. We're the body of Christ. And as such, he was the way, the truth, the life. We showed how he replaced himself as, as, the, uh, as the life with his what? With his spirit. Mm -hmm. He replaced himself with the truth. With the uh, word. With his word. And he replaces himself uh, as the way with church. the church. Mm -hmm. uh, we, he still is the way. Christ in us, the hope of glory. But uh, as it would be, uh, we are here to show the way, to offer the way. And yes, we are here to be the way mm -hmm. so that others can come to know him. And we proved that conclusively with scripture last night. Tomorrow is be the witness. Tonight is be the willing. Be the willing. I remember I wrote this statement down one time. It seems like a cheap statement, very, uh, very, uh, in the sense of, of it being uh, quite a loud thing said in just a few small words. But the statement is this. Willingness is the key to everything we do in life. Willingness is at the end of all of those slides about faith promises. Uh, willingness uh, is the key to everything we do in life. Now, uh, again, uh, it was a missionary, I think it was a missionary church planner who made that statement. I, I wrote it down and it has stayed with me. And, and while I think it is a big statement, I also think it's a simple truth. It, it is the key to everything in life is are we willing? You know the old saying, you know, we can't never could, right? Or can't, you know, right? I mean, can't never could. Uh, are you are you willing? There's a lot of things that never do get accomplished. Not because it couldn't get accomplished, but because we're not willing for that. There are things in my life, if I examine my life, I may not look a certain way or, or have a certain thing because I've just not been willing to pay the price for that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm not willing to push the plate away. Amen. But all that said, I mean, you get, I, well, I'm not willing. There are things we could do. There are, are things, every day we have choices. And there's a willingness to either say no or to say yes. But there's a willingness that has to be exercised. And God gives us free what? He gives us free will to be able to choose that. In that passage of Romans chapter 6, it's a very interesting thing. It's the only time I'm going to use this particular phrase, but it speaks about being yielded. It speaks about uh, being being will, yielded. And in uh, verse, and again, if we're going to be willing, that means that we, we yield everything to God. How, how many things did I just say we need to yield to God? Everything. Everything to God. Which again is kind of Kind of funny if you think about it, because again, we're not our own. We're bought with a price, right? Uh, and therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are His. We, we rejoice over the fact that we're not our own. We're His, amen, hallelujah. Until all of a sudden, He wants something we got. Well, wait a minute, it's mine. Well, hang on, how can it be mine? Yours, if, 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 if you're mine. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, if we're His, then all I got is His. And I talked about yesterday how we're just stewards. We're just managers of what God allows us to have. But I really think we take that lightly. Stewards of this body that we have. We're, we're stewards of the tangible things, material things. We're spirit, uh, stewards of the spiritual opportunities that we have. But we, we're going to give an account. We will one day. You do understand. 
There's a great white throne judgment that the lost world is going to have to account for and some people in the millennium as well. However, the judgment seat of Christ, you do understand that every thing, the next thing on the calendar for you and I, once the trumpet sounds, will be not to run up streets of gold and go see, I ain't even talk about the man. I mean, that's not, that Hallelujah Boulevard, that's not it. No. The next look when we when we when the trumpet sounds and we get raptured off of this earth we have an appointment right. at the judgment seat of Christ right. not not to account for our sins they've already been taken care of hallelujah they have been paid for but what did we do what did we do with his life yeah. now I want you to follow that what not what did you do with your life we can use that language and we understand it what did you do with your life but here's the bigger thing remember. The Bible tells us Christ, I don't have none of this on the screen, it says, it says Christ who is our life. Is that what it says? Yes. And over here it says we're hid with Christ. And over here it says we're, we're hid. Look, if that be the case, Christ who is our life, your life is hid with Christ. Can you imagine eyeball to eyeball? You do know that's going to be the encounter. Yeah. Eyeball to eyeball. Boy, if I had time, and this was a series on, I mean, this was a message about the judgment seat of Christ. We could talk about that. But eyeball to eyeball. What did you do with my life? Oh, we're going to be stewards of it. And so certainly we need to ponder that and think about that in everything that we do, including the area of giving, including the area of surrendering and yielding to, uh, to, to missions. But this right here is talking about yielding our lives, yielding, yielding our bodies. But I want you to grab the principle here because it picks up. I have her uh, put 16 and 19 on the screen, although I, I, I see many of you do have your Bible, praise the Lord. But verse 13 where it says, uh, and which is not on the screen, you can just listen. But it says, neither yield ye your members, our body, as instruments of unrighteousness. No, no. Remember, what the whole chapter starts off saying, "What shall we, shall we, shall we say then? Shall we sin so the grace abound?" He said, "No, no. Don't yield your members, uh, okay, to the wrong thing. <laughs> Don't do that. No, no. Yield yourselves unto God. I mean, we have this. We we can yield. Be willing to give your yield. Well, God, what do you want? That's the yielding, right? God, which avenue would you like me to have? You go down to verse sixteen. Know you not? To whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey. His servants ye are, to whom ye obey. Uh, again, uh, if, if he's our Lord, then we yield ourselves to his will. Don't yield your members to, to another will. Uh, yield yourselves unto God. Don't yield yourselves, again, because who you yield yourselves to, and really how you do it, is that one who is... Uh, defined here as who you are serving. But then it goes in verse 19 toward the middle of that verse. It says, as two most important words in your King James Bible is like and as. As far as understanding that, I'm sure you already heard that in the key of the Bible study for us to be able to understand. The Bible says, as ye have yielded. Just like, just like that. Do you remember how you yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity? Uh, 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 unto iniquity. Do you remember when you when you did that? Okay, even so now yield your member servants to righteousness and to holiness. He brings back our memory, and this is what he says. I'm grabbing this, not the text I'm on when I'm preaching, but just so I know what time it is. But all that said, look, here he said, look, he says, no, so do you remember what it was like? And some of you do. You remember what it was like before you saved? Do you remember what it was like when you went all out, man? Now, I, mean, I ain't, I, you know, hello, y'all know, I mean, man, if it was to do, we doing it. It's Friday, and I'm going all out. Wake me up Monday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I'll, I'll save the illustration from the kids that are in the room here, but I mean, if you were going to do this, I'm doing it. 
I mean, man, you yield your man, find out what the wrong thing to do is. You kind of dug it because sin's got pleasure for a season, and you went all out in that thing. And he says, okay, you remember that? Yeah, of course I remember that. Okay, all right. The way you went all out on that, okay, now go go all in on this. Right, I mean, man. I mean it, you did that. You, you served that. You went after this when it was the wrong thing, the unrighteous things. You went up now. Now that you've received the Spirit of God, now that you're born again, now just like that, instead of throwing in that way, throw into the things of God. Amen. Man, let His. I said I quoted this yesterday. It was from. Is Second Corinthians chapter? Is it Second Corinthians? Uh, 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 yes, it is. Second Corinthians chapter three. But it says, "Ain't no worry about Christianity." But listen, he says, "Let your yeas, his yeas, be your yeas. Let his nays be your nays." Right. I, I mean, man, if just find out, man, what God said yes for, and go after the yeses. And if He said no, then man, with all steadfastness, man, you do not yield yourself to those no's. Mm. Right? Okay. I mean, just surrender. Just yield your servant, yourselves. You know, if it was the case of God controlling us, you know, God has always wanted to be loved. He's always wanted us to choose the right thing. Yeah. God who does not choose, hello, in this generation, they need to hear that. God who does not choose wants to be chosen. Yeah. You can go back, hadn't you heard it? Why did God ever let? Adam and Eve sin like they did if he just wouldn't have let them do that. By the way, God is absolutely sovereign. Can we have an amen right there? Amen. Yeah. And yet he is so comfortable in his sovereignty that he allows men to have a free will. Yeah. yeah. And if we screw it up, uh, then what he does, he has another will over here that he's sovereign about. That he, he's so comfortable in that thing. He, hey, you know what? Well, this, here's, here's what it is. He's comfortable in the fact that this is going to have this consequence, and so do this, and then this is going to have this consequence, and we do. Remember, the, it's the universal law. We're going to reap what, what we, we sow. That's right. Wait, that's not just a bad thing. Look, we, we, we use that always in a negative connotation. You're going to reap what you sow. But you know what? We're also going to, and, and that is true. I mean, you sow bad seeds, you're eventually going to reap that crop. We've got a whole Bible that talks about that. But did you know you can also sow some good seeds? Amen. And yes. you yes. can reap that. I mean, man, it's a beautiful thing. And all of that can come down to yielding. God wants it. He still gives us a choice. Hey, the judgment seat of Christ is going to be there. Rewards are going to be handed out. You don't have to get any, but you can. And by the way, I can promise you this. If you're naked there at the judgment seat of Christ, mm -hmm. not having anything to lay down at the feet of the one who did, oh, mm -hmm. you'll think this wasn't that big of a deal. Mm. Or either you'll realize how big of a deal yep. it really was. Amen. And yep. so the choices, look, again, because it's a choice. It's an opportunity. We can yield ourselves. And when we choose the right thing, for the right reason, God is pleased with that. And it's why he rewards for that. But my goodness, we owe him that, don't we? Mm -hmm. To do those things that he would have us to do. To yield ourselves accordingly. You know, we know the Great Commission. We have it up there on the screen for you. You're familiar with it. It's a passage all of that. Uh, I, I want to remind you, God has presented the opportunity to this church, to my church, to his church. He's, he's presented a a command to do some things that seemingly is impossible. And that is the responsibility to preach the gospel unto every place in the world. we got to stop here in the Bible and look at it as, yeah, those people should do that. Boy, if anybody would do that. Well, here's the deal. We're a part of the church. Uh, here it is after the death of the testator. So we're talking true New Testament here. And he says, go ye 
and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You know it, right? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, all of us have a place to go. You have a place to go right here, Stallings, Matthew, Charlotte, etc., wherever it is that you live. Uh, certainly, we can be going. All of us should go. Go through whatever open doors that the Lord allows us to do that, locally, statewide, countrywide, uh, and then beyond that, worldwide. We have that. Uh, he said that in Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, you shall be witnesses unto me, both. That word both there will just kind of jack you up. Both in Jerusalem and, meaning both in Jerusalem and both in Judea and both in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. How am I personally, how is hope in and of itself going to do that corporately? But how am I personally going to be a witness unto him in all of those places? I can't physically be all of those places, but financially I can have invested myself and be in all of those places. Amen? Amen. And so again, if it's going to happen, he wants it to happen. But yeah, man, there it is. And I say to you that he would never give us anything that could not be fulfilled. It really comes down to whether we're going to be willing to give ourselves to God to go after that. And oftentimes what we'll do is we'll talk about, all, I know, man, but if we do it, these other churches ain't doing it. Let me tell you what they're more worried about. They're more worried. No, no, no. no. We're never going to accomplish the will of God. We're worried about what other people are doing. Yeah. Right. Or making an excuse for why we don't do it because they won't. No, hopefully we can be the example that can be said. But certainly, again, uh, I mean, you take your Bible and you study it, and, and uh, did you know you'll you'll not find where God said that He wanted a certain denomination to do this. You'll you you you'll not find where He said I want a certain fellowship to do this. You won't even find where He said He wanted a group of churches uh, in and of itself to do this. Uh, no, listen, this is God's plan to the local individual church and its members, as if there was no one else. Hope. I want you to do that. Mm -hmm. It being I was in Douglasville, one, I want you to do that. We've got to receive it personally because when we receive it personally, now I take ownership of that commission. I know that because let me tell you, personally, we're all going to have to account in the judgment seat. Right. I keep going back to that. We're going to have to. And so let me own it. Let me own it. I'm moving my arms, y'all notice that? Uh, 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 let me own it as it would be as a personal uh, assignment. Let me understand that I have the responsibility. I have. I mean, again, if no one else will do it, then let's do it. But what if no one else was assigned it? Would we be still doing it? Again, uh, we can't worry what others are doing. Uh, what we have to do is concentrate on what the Lord would have us do and certainly I pray that you do. You do understand, don't you? That uh, I mean, uh, everybody don't don't know Jesus. I know we know that, but a lot of them don't know him because they've never heard about it. Right. I, I I was uh, I coach a ball team. I coach several ball teams, but I, I coach a uh, my baseball team. It was Easter, and uh, it was on the Thursday, and the head coach said. Hey guys, how many of you going to Easter services? Such, 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 such. Now we coach twelve year olds, and he and uh, the boy said something. Said, well, I don't know what Easter is. I don't know what. And he said, Okay, hang on. How many of you know what Easter is? Okay, my son was part of it, and there was two other players that even knew what it was. That even knew what it was. Mm. And of course, at that point, the head coach goes, Coach Billy, come tell him. 
<laughs> and what a great opportunity. I got to tell my whole ball team right there the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did for us, etc. But the reality is, by the way, these weren't homes where there wasn't a daddy in their life. These weren't homes where they came from some poverty street. This is a travel baseball team. Uh, these, well, I mean, these parents have invested a heavy amount of money into these kids. But the reality is what they haven't invested, in fact, oftentimes because they've invested the money for the sports, what they what they like to do is put the main thing in front of them. Amen. That's the investment they haven't done. But 12-year-old boys in the Bible Belt that had not even heard anything. I mean, some of them just, I mean, confused, man, when you're using the name Jesus. I preached a revival not long ago. 76-year-old man was invited to somebody by somebody to the service. He heard the gospel for the first time by his testimony. By the way, he got born again. Amen. And yet, listen, we can't think. I mean, there are people on your street. You can, we can't assume it. Everybody don't. Did you know? Sunday morning, as best we know, there was someone here who had never had presented to them the offer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're all around us. They're, they're, yes, they're all around the world, but they're all around your world, too. And that's why we need to be here. And I love the multiplicity of things that you guys get to so you can reach them in a lot of the capacities. Uh, we talk about the love. I think a lot of the reasons the people are going to do the abortions and the rest of that stuff, but they don't have the Holy Ghost living in them. Right. They don't see like you see. They don't have the mind to Christ about things. They're lost. And lost people do what lost people do. Yeah. 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 Right. They need Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I guarantee you some of them, they don't know them, and they never have had an offer to them. And, and, and I'm going to stop right there. I hope that we understand that. And yet I can say, I want you to go. I invited you to go say, I hope you do. I hope you go different places with us in the world. But the reality is I can promise you this, that if there's lost people around this country and in this place, which imagine all the dodging of the, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it, it is, there are a lot of radio stations and there are a lot of TV programs and there are a lot of churches. Well, there's churches on every corner. How can nobody not know about it? Because most churches are not involved about the commission. They're involved about other things. Right. Missing the mission altogether. And yet reality is, is that, that around the world, I mean, listen, uh, there, there are people around the world, uh, and, and this church is a blessing. You, 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 have, uh, uh, you have outreach efforts to try to reach people, uh, different people groups, and you are used of doing that, not only uh, missionally outside of yourselves, but even community-wise. You do that here. You're, you get them in here, man. You're, people are inviting people. You're offering them Jesus. People are bowing and receiving Jesus. Hallelujah for the fact the plan of salvation still works. Amen. Amen. And because it does, we should do more of it. But there are people around this world, guys. Listen, uh, they've never rejected the offer. There are some who will reject the offer. There are some people who will invite people to come here. They'll be in here. They'll hear this. Pastor, they will plead his heart out at the end of service, and they won't get saved. They'll have rejected him. And pray, I can only pray that one day they'll receive him. Otherwise, one day they'll pay the price of rejection. But you know, there are some people who've never rejected him because they've never been offered him. And that needs to bother us. It needs to bother us. Nobody's ever knocked on their door. People around this world who've never uh, had anyone invite them to church. People around this world who've never heard of a Bible, little or seen or read one. They've never seen a gospel tract. They wouldn't even know what that is, nor a preacher. They don't know one. They've not heard of one. And they wouldn't know the definition of that either. So what is the problem? What is the problem. If God gave this assignment, he gave this commission, and he tells us to take it to the whole world, and yet the whole world don't know, what's the problem? Now, this may be kind of elementary, but let me throw it at you like this. The problem is not God the Father. Right. 
The problem is not God the Father. Uh, God the Father was so sold out to this thing and so knew it could happen that he so loved the world, as I quoted earlier, that he gave his only begotten son. Am I right about that? So, so we can't blame God the Father. Look, man couldn't satisfy God, so God satisfied himself in sending his son. Right about that? I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 talks to us how if any man be in Christ, they're a new creature. Hallelujah for that. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And he says, all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. So he initiated the thing. He can't be blamed, man. It's not God the Father's fault that the world's not being reached. In fact, that same verse says, and after we've been reconciled, he's given to us, that verse, go back one says, he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Every single person in here, if you're saved, have a ministry. We've all been given to every church. Every individual member in a church has been given the ministry of reconciliation. The same thing that God did for you. Find somebody, somehow, some way, even if it's a faith promise way. Yeah. To reconcile and offer that same reconciliation themselves. It does go on to say, to when God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. There it is again. We can't blame God. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. And look, uh, and half, I should say, they're committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He then tells us that we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ in his stead. I want you to even consider... Consider that, man, in his stead that we beseech you, we're begging other people, we're praying in Christ's stead that they would be reconciled to God. And of course, it talks about there how he made him to be sent for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God because we could not get righteousness any other way. And if you're in here today or if you're listening uh, online in any capacity, I pray that you truly have counted on that being the way of salvation. You couldn't do it. You couldn't earn it. No way you could please God. God pleased himself in offering his son so you just surrender to the son and as you do that he now sees the son and sees you. Amen. Hallelujah for the salvation that is offered. Again the problem isn't God the Father. John 4 23 lets us know that he seeks worship. He seeks worship and the way that he gets worship is worship first and guys that's what salvation really is. Salvation is not, listen to me, salvation is not missing hell. Uh, let me rephrase that. You do miss hell. I'm kind of glad I'm not going. Anybody else like that? Amen. And yes, I'm not kind of. <laughs> really glad. But, again, in most churches, that's the presentation. You don't want to go to hell when you die. You don't want to go to hell. I mean, it's a crazy thing. You go in there and win 50 kids to Christ by asking, you want to go see the devil? <laughs> well, you're going to pray, pray what? I mean, dear Jesus, dear Jesus. I mean, they would be praying, dear anybody, man. Like, you don't want to go burn them, yeah. Crazy stuff. <laughs> and later on, they question their salvation because truth is, they got, you know what I'm talking about. I digress. Because this is mission conference. Nonetheless, listen, when we ponder this thing, look, you know, look, here, the byproduct of salvation, one of them, is that we're not going to go to hell when we die. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The salvation is the fact that God is offering a meaningful relationship with him. The very thing that you're purposed for, that you can have. And listen, and the old songwriter said, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. I mean, it's, listen, it's not just me waiting to go to heaven when I die. It's me living kind of heaven down here on the way. It's having a relationship.
relationship with the God of the universe and God using us to reach other people. Listen, making worshipers. He wasn't just trying to pack a van uh, to, to, to get them as a head. Look, I, 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 I. he's not just a ticket to heaven, Mm-mm. as the songwriters would say. No. No, no. He's the Son of God yeah. who wants a relationship with you so he can be glorified yeah. by you, yeah. so that he can have the throne that he deserves Amen. and he can get glory like he deserves. Amen. It's all about that. It's about him getting worship, which is why he created man to begin with Amen. and what man forfeited in the garden. Yes. That's yes. what he wants. Yes. And we can have that. And God says, I want worship. Worship comes from worshipers. And I want you to consider this. For every person that does not, you know, we say, man, you better have more permissions than a love for people. I'll say that in the community that you, you I appreciate we all need to love people. Obviously, I think that's one of y'all's mantras here, mm-hmm. and we do just need to love people. But people are going to do you wrong sometimes, and every once in a while it's kind of hard to love. Mm-hmm. We'd be good to be driven by love for God. Amen. Amen. Be driven for love of God. Look, for every word or for every uh, soul that does not call upon the name of the Lord for, is, is, a, is a tongue that will never sing his praises. It's a hand that will never raise. It's feet that will never try to go tell another person. It is glory that God is not getting. When someone has not received the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we go for God's glory. We give for God's glory. I want God to get more glory. And he gets glory when he gets worshipers. And so we should desire that. He's willing to have them. And yet we're the plan of how he gets them. We've got to be willing to be... Miss it to that. The problem is not God the Father. It's not, it's not Jesus Christ. You have to know that, right? I mean, he came and gave his life. He's done all that needs to be done. He took our sins. Uh, he took the world's sins uh, upon himself. He took his righteousness and offers it, as that verse talked about just a moment ago, to anyone who will take it. He satisfied God. Amen? Yes. How about Hebrews chapter 10? I love it. You don't have to turn there, but it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never with those sacrifices which they used to offer, year by year, continually make the comers therein too perfect. There was a problem. That Old Testament sacrificial system, what would happen? It would come, and it would make peace for a little while. But then, man, every year those sins would be remembered. Uh, every year they would have to be revisited. It could not make the comers there too perfect. Uh, it, it couldn't do it. And here you have the conversation between God the Father and God the Son. God talking to God. That's quite the conversation. In verse 5, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Listen, there was a body that was prepared for him. Uh, I know they meant it well. I mean, it seemed like I'm, on, I'm the song police tonight or something. You know? but, uh, I, I, and I love it. I even used to love to hear the cathedral sing when they would sing, Oh, what a Savior. But there's a line in there that says they had to search through heaven to find a Savior. No, no, listen, listen. listen. They didn't have to search. Hey, who, 
will anybody go? Nobody had to have their arm twisted. No, no, a Savior was already ready. A body was already ready. He willingly gave his life. He willingly came. By the way, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God commended his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knew who he was coming for and still came. In fact, knowing more than just who he come for, he knew why he was needing to come. Sin had abounded. But love abounded from heaven. And if they would be received in the person of Jesus Christ, then we could have salvation. And I love how it says that in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10 there. By the which will we are sanctified uh, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Remember what the problem was? Amen. Every other time, man, those things had to be revisited. And it says every priest uh, uh, every priest standeth daily ministering, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices that can never take away sin. Amen. But this man, after offering one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God. Verse 14 says, for by one offering he had perfected. That was the problem. They couldn't be perfect. He had perfected forever them that are sanctified. 17 says, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more where remission of these is. There is no more offering for sin. Amen. No, he did the complete job. <laughs> Nothing left undone. No way could it be uh, that the problem would be God the Father. No way could the problem be Jesus. We certainly know the problem is not the Holy Spirit of God, right? I mean, man, listen, uh, the Holy Spirit of God, he's been convicting sinners everywhere uh, that he can. And he's been calling preachers, calling people, uh, raising churches to go tell the gospel story. He is willing to empower anyone who will offer themselves to be filled for the empowerment, whether it is to go out there or whether it is to go where you are. Again, he is willing. Are we? Are we? The problem is not God the Father. It's not the God that it's not Christ. It certainly isn't the Holy Ghost of God. The problem is not the Word of God. How many believe the Word of God is still just as powerful today as what it's ever been? I mean, man, the scripture's clear, isn't it? Where it says the grass withers, the flower fadeth, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. Forever, O Lord, thy Word is what? Settled in heaven. The scripture still stands where he says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not. It says it shall not. Boy, if I was just a huffing right now, I'd say it shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. His word is still able if we'll just get it. Would you agree about that? How about where it says in Hebrews 4 and verse 12? For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the binding of sun, soul, and spirit, right? Uh, and to the joints and the marrow. It is the discerner, the word does. The thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom you had to do. Listen, this word is alive, and you can see it just from that passage alone. The problem isn't God the Father. It's not Jesus. It's not the Bible. It isn't God's will. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 is crystal clear, is it not? Where it says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but the Lord, listen, uh, is, is, is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come 
to repentance. I say again, church, the problem is none of what God has been orchestrating in God and himself and his personages and his word and his will. The problem is not God. Therefore, what is that problem? Us. Well, the problem is Ammon. Oftentimes, it's God's people. You see him all through the Old Testament, don't you? Begging his people just to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Man, they do the right thing. I mean, they do the right thing till they got tired of the right thing. Then they started wanting to do the self thing. And then they did the self thing till all of a sudden they got them in a bad thing. And then they turned that thing around and they're doing the right thing again because they wanted God to bless them again. And then he blessed them and they take that blessing and start doing the wrong thing again. It was just a soccer. Y'all remember that? Yep. It's been going on forever. You do understand that Old Testament economy, though? Do you understand what really went on with all that? That God wanted those Jews to be a kingdom of priests? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just to reach the Jewish people. Mm-mm. Man, those, those kingdom of priests, he was, God was going to use those Jewish people. Like that kingdom of priests, he was going to use them to go out and reach those Gentile nations. Yeah. But they forfeited the opportunity of mm-hmm. what they could have done and how they could have done it. They missed that chance. How did they miss that chance? Because they were not willing to be used in the purpose for what God had called them for. They just weren't. You know, we live in a time, again, where uh, we call it the last. How many of you believe we're in the last days? Yeah. Paul said this to to Timothy about the last days. He said, you know, there's going to be perilous times. There's going to be trouble in those last days. And the God who is of order has all those different characteristics listed there. But the very first one he says, look, look peril in those last days. And I even say one of the first ones is a problem for the rest of it. I used to look at this list, by the way, and say, you know, one day, man, it's going to be so bad that this world is going to be filled with covetous and boasters and proud people and black. That's the list of saying, hey, that's what it's going to be amongst God's people. Mm-hmm. That's going to be not just outside the church. That's going to be going on inside the church and there'd be a day where we couldn't believe some of that stuff but boy have we seen it now yeah. but look what the first characteristic is in the last days men women shall be what lovers of their, of their own, own selves. selves i'd rather do my will than god i'd rather i'd rather invest in me than to invest in missions mm-hmm. i'm just not willing i'm not saying you're not Let's just accept it tonight. We do about this. It's all them people in here. It's all them. But you get how it is. I mean, it's hard for us to say. Is it us? Can it be us? And by the way, it just might be. Mark chapter 8. A lot of people didn't even get in it. And when he had called the people into him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. How about that, that phrase? Deny himself. That's always been the invitation of Jesus. I understand that's not the invitation of a lot of pulpits today, but but listen, if it were, then maybe we'd see the kind of conversions that Jesus saw. Yeah. Look, look, you want some of me? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. But not today, man. Most pulpits make salvation all about the, hey, don't you want this? Don't you want that? Don't you want this? (laughs) Don't you want that? And then people get saved for themselves. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder why they don't want to live for anybody but this. Right. Are y'all tracking with me? Mm-hmm. Look, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, is still in the Bible where it says that he died for all. Look, watch. Comma. So that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Paul said in Galatians, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the what? The faith of the Son of God. 
faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He follows that, 1 Corinthians. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Again, an abundance of Scripture, if we just let the Scripture be about that, is that life is not about us. Mm. It's about God using us so that he can be glorified through us, by us, by reaching other people. Uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, right there, says in verse 19, I, I may mention that, but will you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 real quick with me? I, I got a little off track, maybe, but how many of y'all think that this has been all right tonight? First, just, right there. just to talk about the reality. Sometimes we just got to look at it for, for how it is, but look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, we're talking about this thing of, of how it is, uh, of what the problem is, and and yet uh, I say we can move on from what the problem is to really think about what the possibilities can be. Listen, the possibilities, again, the problem examined, the possibilities explored, the possibilities are endless if we just be willing. Amen. Amen. I want you to believe that God could use Hope Baptist beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah. Amen. I mean, look, there used to not be a Hope Baptist. Right. Amen. And now there is, and you are being used to save lives physically and spiritually in other places of the world, man. Mm. How cool is that? <laughs> I tell our people, and by the way, a lot of heartache for this church to be birthed. You think God might have had something in mind that he wanted to do? Yeah. I look at our church in Douglasville, Georgia. I remind them, there used to not be anything but a barn at the end of this dusty road. <laughs> and now this is a place where people are inviting people to come so they can hear the word of God. And God is raising dead people amongst our services. I'm not talking about that charismatic stuff. I'm talking about, look, they're dead and they're trespassing and sin. They hear the gospel and they are quickened by his spirit. Amen. Man, they're giving new life. Let us never be callous of that. And the fact that God would use one of us, because it ain't about our name. It's all about his name. And that God would use us to reach other people for his glory, for people to find eternal life, for people to find the God who wants to find them and to have a meaningful relationship with them that don't get no better. Amen. And for us to be appreciative of that. But the key's going to be willing. Let me do this and we'll, we'll be done. Say Corinthians chapter 8. I want you to see this little pattern. We'll chase this word around. Are y'all with me real quick? Say amen. Amen. All right, now watch. We're just going to, we're going to follow this word around and then we're going to be done. Say Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. Watch. I'm just trying to show you that every time God has ever been able to do something beyond the beyond is when people were willing to allow that to happen. God's, remember, he's not to blame. His plan isn't to blame. His word isn't to blame. His will is not to blame. His spirit is not to blame. Man, it will all work. If we'll just let his yea be our yea and his nay be our, our nay. You know, I, 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 I never feel smaller than when I'm on a mission field. I never feel smaller than when I'm around missionaries. I just feel like I need to be carrying their stuff around, man, doing whatever I can for them, helping out. I mean, I, I, I see the sacrifice that they they do and they give and and um, and yet somebody asked me something one day and I thought about it and it, I get it I get the point that they were trying to make and here was the question why why is it that we're in such awe of missionaries now I'm going to pause for a fact because it sounds like I'm blasphemous even saying that 
but I want you to get this now. But people are questioning that. And, 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 and I'll hear some good answers. One of them is because they yielded their lives so much for the gospel's sake, man. And you're right, they have. But you know what? I took the Bible, and if you start tracing the Bible, and you look at Scripture, did you not, you know you will not find uh, one place in Scripture where it says a missionary is supposed to be any more yielded to God than a church member? That's right. You won't find uh, that a missionary is supposed to be any more uh, yielded uh, in any command, uh, nor a preacher for that matter. But, but, but you will find much about how Christians are to be yielded. Mm-hmm. And if we're all yielded, then God will have something for all of us to do. We will partner with each other based on our giftings and our callings and our abilities and our yieldedness. Amen. And God will get the glory. In yeah. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 12 here, it just says, For if there, God was doing an incredible thing here amongst these churches in Macedonia. Verse 3 even says, For to their power I read record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. It goes in verse 2, and Christine, I'm sorry I jacked it up for you, but in, uh, in verse 2 it says, Look, that how in great trial, trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and deep poverty abounded the riches of their liberality. These people, I mean, look, Poverty. From poverty came liberality. They were used beyond, as Paul is saying, you're just not going to believe, man, how these people have been used in context financially in this capacity to minister to these other churches. How? Because they were willing. Look, it just simply says, they were willing of themselves. Look at verse 12. For if there be first a willing mind. Guys doing anything for the Lord. Ladies doing anything for the Lord. Young people doing anything for the Lord. It's first just being willing. The reality is, it's just like, well, look, our flesh never could please God. Our flesh still can't please God. We yield our flesh to God, and then God pleases himself through a yieldedness. Do you all understand that? Are we together on that? And so the reality is, the pressure is not for us to do it. The pressure will be for him to do it, but he does it through yielded vessels. Again, underline that if you want to in your Bible. A willing mind. He says it's first got to start with willingness, and that's the capacity, and that's the illustration he was using as it came to those people there uh, in uh, that matter of how they were used beyond themselves. The reality is the problem is not how much money we have or we don't. The problem is not how much time we have or we don't. The problem isn't how much talent somebody has or ability or not. The problem is always is how willing are you Every pastor I know gets still on a Sunday morning, man, and they rejoice on what God does. Uh, and then by that afternoon's end, they're wondering, wondering where this person was, wondering where this person is. Man, I wonder if they're okay. I wonder if they're okay. It's the shepherd's heart that they have. And sometimes the reality is some people just wasn't there because they just weren't willing. They just weren't willing. Yeah, they had this they could do. They truth. had this they could do. They had this could do. And God forbid they actually had this they could record if they would, but they wanted to watch it live. And they just weren't willing to just gather around the Word of God mm. and receive something. Amen. And it's the way it is with so many things, but they're willing for a lot of other things. Yeah. I mean, and y'all, I ain't going to get there, but let's just be real. Sometimes it really does make you wonder what is the Lord of their life. If they can control your checkbook, your calendar, your, are y'all understanding? Yeah. And God always comes next. It may be taking a place 
of lordship. So I have on the screen there, God wants brokenness. The end result of brokenness is willingness. I, I talked about baseball. You ever had a baseball glove? You know what I'm talking about? You buy that thing and it's a stiff, and what do you do? You work on getting that thing to be, we call it, broken in. Yeah. And when we break in that glove, now it has the capacity to do more. And sometimes, listen, that's where we got to get. we got to get to a place of brokenness where God can use us. The possibilities, again, they're endless. If we would just be a broken people that God has desired us to be. Let me let me finish this. Go to Exodus chapter 35. Have you learned something tonight? Say amen. amen. I hope we've been challenged. We're going to be praying over what God wants us to give. We're, we're giving, man. We love people, yes, but we're we're giving because we love God. Uh, every every mouth that's not given in glory is one that could. Every every hand again that's not uh, raised up for God or being used to minister for God is one that could. I mean, we need to have. That's what. Uh, even trying to keep kids alive, babies alive in your walk that you're going to have as it replies to abortion is that everyone that is murdered could have been a mouth, could have been a vehicle that God could have used to sing his praises and to make him known. It always should come back down to my motivation for anything is that that's costing God glory mm. or that's giving God glory. Yep. And if God's glory is the theme of everything God is about, mm-hmm. it needs to be the theme of everything that we are about. Yes. this chapter 35, I'm just talking about this thing of willingness. We talked about be the way. We're talking about be the willing. Watch now. And this chapter uh, 35. Uh, Exodus chapter, ooh, 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 I didn't do that, did I? Uh, okay, I'll come back. Exodus, no, not. I'm going to, y'all stay there. I have a note. I didn't see my note. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse, is it verse 17? For if I do this thing willingly, Paul says, I have a reward. Willingly. You can do a lot of good things, but if you do it with a bad spirit, there's no reward on it. God wants it done willingly because again that's how remember what I said the God who never chooses wants to be chosen there were two voices they could have chosen in that garden God who had already spoken or the devil who offered a contrary voice why didn't God just make him do that because he wanted them to choose his voice appreciating what he had done for them they chose wrong and look how well where all that went all choice to be willing. It's just 35 here. You know the story now. Here it is. Uh, they're building the tabernacle and all that goes with that. But I'll, I want you to see it's in verse 35, verse 1. And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children together and said unto them, These are the words which the Lord hath commanded that you should do them. And it goes into some other things there, etc. Verse 5. Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart. There's that word willing. Let him. Who? The one who has a willing heart. Let him bring it. Bring what? An offering of the Lord. And it could be gold. It could be brass. It could be silver. It could be blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins. Y'all gonna make me read? Y'all get it right? I mean, all, there's a bunch of capacities of which you can give and how you can give and how you can be used to that. But look, it needs to be that one who does it willingly. Do it willingly is what we, we see there uh, in the capacity of the verse. Have a willing heart. Look at verse 22. Or verse 20. Uh, yeah, 22. And they came, both men and women, as many as were what? Willing. Willing. Hearted. Look at verse 29. The children of Israel brought a 
They even called the offering now a willing offering. Look, unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them what? Willing. willing. Oh, I see now, now. My willingness or not is tied to my heart. Hmm. So it's the heart problem that's producing the fruit when we are unwilling. Look at verse 21. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whose spirit made willing. And they brought forth the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle, the congregation, and for all of his service and for all of his holy garments. Man, the things they could do, they were willing to do it. The things they could give, they were willing to give it. The offering was, look, the offering was abilities. The offering was talents. The offering was financial. The offerings was themselves. Do you see that? The offerings was just that. And watch what happened in Exodus chapter 36 and verse 6. Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. Mm. So the people were restrained from bringing. Could not have been a Baptist church, could it? <laughs> Don't bring no more! We got enough! We got an abundance! At least Paul's for the moment! I don't want any more money. I don't want any more skins. I don't want any more things. No more gold. We, we, we got to look. What was the difference? What was the difference? Goes back to that verse 21 there of that previous chapter, chapter 5. Whose heart stirred him up and whose spirit was made willing. I mean, I, I just have to believe, man, that when Moses said, I want you to take up this kind of offering, that somehow they got along, man, and, and they didn't have a faith promise card that they could hold and maybe look at it and pray over, but somewhere they got along with God, and they said, God, what would you have me give? And sometimes God says, you know what, hey, hey you, you might not have this, you've got a trade you can give. You, you can do this. And you can do that. And, and, and how about the goat skins? That could be used for something. And how about this? I mean, but God, what would you have me give? Uh, there's a need. The man of God said there's a need. And, and he's asked for an offering, but he said, whose spirit made willing. And God, this is your spirit. It's not mine. Show me what you want me to do. And, and then I believe in some capacity, somehow God said, okay, I want, I, I want this much from you. I want this much from you. you. You don't have much, but I want you to give this. And I, I want you to give that. And I want you you to give your talent and you to give your time and you to give I want y'all to give yourself and the need will be more than met and even those who were doing the work in the tabernacle in the building did it because their spirit made them willing and I believe that right now in this room that we have our hearts our spirits that simply need to be made willing and there's no words I can construe. There's nothing I can take and twist and throw some fancy outline at it. It is the simplicity of us understanding that it is our calling. It is our responsibility. It is our commission. And we are not our own. We are, we are God's. We're not to even think about ourselves, think about how we could do it. We just need to say, I will do it. And let God figure out the rest. We simply need to be willing. I could preach that same point about missions. I could preach it about evangelism. I could talk about it as far as you giving a witness, about you doing daily Bible reading, about your church faithfulness, about anything. We just need to be willing to do right. Amen. Amen. Right defined by the Scripture. Right 
by seeing his will. We go and again, we define the problem people. God's people aren't willing sometimes to just yield to the Spirit. You'll be going somewhere else, and then remember that the church has an outreach at the church. The Spirit of God says, uh, the Spirit of God says, well, what, what are you going to do? You'll be at home watching TV, watching clothes or whatever. The Spirit of God brings the Word of God uh, up in your mind, and he's, and he's reminding you it's been a while since you read it. Are you willing mm. to turn it off, mm. to close it up, to turn it over, and right then respond? And just come to the Word of God and receive it and get back into it. You find that they're going to take up an offering. You get the checkbook out. You get that number in your head that the Spirit of God gave. And all of a sudden, God says, hey, by the way, add a zero to that. And you're automatically going, hang on, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And yet you would say that it wasn't you who thought that. And yet there's a prick in your heart. What are you going to do? You, you know you shouldn't be going to that place. You know you shouldn't be doing that thing. You shouldn't be looking at that thing. You shouldn't be talking that way. And yet we choose to still do different because we're just not we're just not willing. The missionary gives a presentation, a plea to his field. The Spirit of God starts dealing with you just like when he got your attention about salvation, that, that Holy Ghost thump. Y'all know what I'm talking about, man. And, and he's got your attention, and you start to excuse it. You start to blame it on emotion. It won't stop. What are you going to do? Can I suggest what to do? Yield. Surrender. Simply be willing. But, but I don't understand how. He didn't tell you that you need to understand how. He said he needs you to be, to be willing. But, but I don't know enough to. He didn't ask you what you know. He just asked you, were you willing? But, but we can't afford. He didn't ask you to afford anything. He asked you if you were willing. But 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 time. He didn't ask you uh, to make time. He asked you, are you willing to remember that the time is supposed to be his? Yep. Are y'all getting my point? Yep. Yeah. Churches are dying because people aren't willing. Families are dying because people aren't willing. People are dying. And yeah, going to hell. Because people, God's people, aren't willing. Mm. I pray you are. I close. It's the third time I said it. So it's real. With 1 Chronicles chapter 28. Let me give it to you this way. 1 Chronicles chapter 28. And verse 9. Thou, Solomon, my son, they're dedicating, of course, the temple here. Thou, uh, he's choosing Solomon to build the temple. Thou, thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart, and with a, oh, there's that word again, what? Willing mind. Willing mind. Do you see that? Uh, do that. And take heed now, verse 10. The Lord has chosen thee to build a house of sanctuary. Be strong and, and do it. But do it out of a out of a perfect heart and a willing mind. Flip one page, or at least it's one page in my Bible, to 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 5. David, or we'll start in verse 1. David the king said in all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is yet young and tender. The work is great. Palace is not for man, but it's for the Lord God. Oh, it's a great work. It's almost impossible. I mean, how in the world is this going to get done? But all the glory that God can get. 
if we'll just do it. Verse 5, he gets up, look well, the story goes on, he says, I prepare with all my uh, my mind in the house of God the good things and he goes with all the things that are going to need to do it. Moreover, verse 3, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good. And he talks about the things of which he's given. The gold for things of gold, verse 5, the silver for things of silver for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And who then, he asks this question, who then is willing to consecrate his service this day? unto the Lord. He gets up and he says, I've given of mine. I've got a willing spirit. I've got a perfect heart about this. I've got a willing mind. I've stepped up. I've put it out here. And now I'm just asking you, are you willing to? Are you willing to consecrate your service, he says, this day unto the Lord? If you're not careful after a message like this, well, I've been preaching uh, to your mind. God's been preaching to your heart. And right now the heart and the spirit will say yes, but then the mind will reject it before you can even, uh, or whatever, uh, even get to a place of a card or a surrender. The, the mind will give you every reason you shouldn't offer yourself to God. Uh, uh, the mind will bring you uh, your finances to mind, your inabilities to mind, your inadequacies to mind, your inefficiencies to mind. Can we just say we all got them right? Yeah. I mean, if it was up to what quality I could offer, God should not be able to use this vessel, I can assure you of that. But hallelujah, it's not about that. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And all he wants is you. All he wants is me. And he is able to take this vessel and use it and do through it what he may never do to it. Uh, to, to do through me what he can never give to me. And yet, because of what he has given to me, I offer him to pour through it to whoever else for them to receive the same. I don't want to grieve him. Anybody want to grieve the Spirit of God? No. Nope. I don't want to quench the Spirit of my life. I don't want to lose his touch. And can I just remind you that God hasn't asked us to do anything that he hasn't done himself? That word sacrifice for of him, through him, to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present, present, not force, that you would present, be willing to present yourselves a living what? Sacrifice. God, how could I sacrifice? What could I do? The Lord sacrificed. He sacrificed his right to wealth. Though he was rich, for our sakes he became poor. He sacrificed his right to honor and esteem. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 and verse 3 that he was despised and we esteemed him not. He sacrificed his right to purity and reputation. He made himself of no reputation, Philippians says. God made him to be sin for us, Corinthians says. He gave up his right to be served. In Mark chapter 10, he says he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Yeah. Oh, he set the example yeah. of what a sacrifice is. And we're all benefactors of it. Amen. We just yield to be the way and show that we are the way by being willing to make the same as God asks us to do. Father, I do ask you that you would take tonight's message. And Lord, I know that I've left the page and just spoke from my heart tonight in the practical way to try to get our attention to the simplicity of really what this is about. 
just to just to be willing. Not to have any expectations, because we don't know what all your plans are, the capacities of what you would do. But we know you would. And we know the way that you would is for us to be willing. For us to be willing not to be controlled by another, not to be controlled by anything materially, not to be controlled. But Lord, just be yielded to you, yielded to the right things with everything that we got, as Romans 6 says there, that we would be, we would just go after, we would be indeed all in for whatever glorifies you. That there never be a debate, there never be a wrestling match for our lives, our time, our Oh, that's right. Your life, your time, mm. your money. Yep. May we just be willing to submit to your way, being the way that others find you. And if so, everything else in the name of missions will be taken care of in its own right in the actions of us responding to what you've already taken care of. We ask this in Jesus' name.